book of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah chapter three, chapter two, Nehemiah chapter two. Uh, this is the anniversary month of the church, and uh, I want to revisit this subject. And I, I, I really try to preach a variety of things, and I just, I, I you know, I've, I've sat under other preachers who were great men, who great great men, but it seemed like most every sermon just a repeat of that, and I hope I don't do that. I'm admitting to you tonight, I am repeating. This is kind of like our anniversary sermon uh, from when we started Safe Haven Tabernacle, and it's some of the things I think are our uh, core values, some of the things I want to keep in front of us. You know, they, they, they're big at that, on that at, at the plant where I work. They got these, you know, slogans, uh, pride, meaning, I don't know, whatever else it means, and it's our, our core values, and this is what we stand for. And, you know, so these kind of things I, I want to revisit because it's the anniversary. I appreciate uh, Safe Haven Tabernacle, every one of you that are a part of it. That's, I use the birthday cards to just, and I really mean, I exp- try to express how much I appreciate you. You're a blessing in this church, and I, I appreciate the spiritual growth I'm seeing in your life, and I, I use birthday cards to, to let you know I just appreciate you're, you're a blessing, and, and we can't do this without you. You need to, we need you here. And I miss you when you're gone. Someone hit your back tonight, and I miss you when you're gone, you know. So we came and started this morning. Nobody was on this side until a few filtered in, and everybody was over here. And so at least you guys balance things out tonight. But, and you know, I, I want us to go back and revisit uh, something. So from Nehemiah chapter 2, if you have it, would you stand with me in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse 17, that said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we may be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Samballot the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem and the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, He will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build, but ye have no portion, no right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Turn with me then to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians. The third chapter, Philippians 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I've got to forget those things that are behind, and I've got to reach for those things that are ahead. That's what Paul is saying here 
to the Philippian church. I want I want to talk uh, for an hour and a half on let's build something together. Okay, you know I'm not going to take that long. Let's build let's build something together. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we love you tonight. Oh, we praise you. Thank you for your presence that we feel in your house already tonight. Father, we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of the Holy Ghost tonight. Father, I pray that you challenge our hearts. Stir us, I pray. Stir us at a church. God, I thank you for where you've brought us from. And Father, I thank you for the place that we are today, and we know there's great days ahead. And Father, would you bless your people tonight. Bless this message and let it go out with an anointing like I've never felt before, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um for years, um, and before I got the job where I, I, that I've got now in receiving, within the same plant, we have a humongous uh, printer. I mean, the thing is, it prints house wrap, you know, like your Tyvek, but this is Kingspan brand, which is better than Tyvek, and uh, I don't get paid to say that and anyhow. But um, I, I was running a printer, and so I was, I was printing this stuff, millions and millions of, of feet, these huge master rolls, and then they take it and they convert it down to retail size. And so, but I, I got to where, you know, we were doing it for big companies, and we were doing a lot, millions of feet, and still do, for Home Depot. And Home Depot, and this is not a commercial for Home Depot, and I don't get paid for this. I'm not, they're not a paid advertiser for this program tonight or anything like that. But you know what? Because I like Lowe's. I'm partial to Lowe's anyhow. So uh, any, anyway, I'll shop them both, but I, I just always end up going back to Lowe's. Any, that's my preference. And I'll preach on that next time. But anyhow, you know, Home Depot said, let's build something together. Let's that's their slogan. That's their logo. That's what they that's what they have printed on stuff. Let's build something together. Uh, you know, that's what we set out with Safe Haven Tabernacle. Let's build something together. There's no I in team. This ministry, I'm telling you, is not built on Bob Jeffries. It's not about me. If this church falls apart whenever I leave, then it's built on me. I want it to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want it to be. When I was a youth pastor, I insisted. When I, I, I left as a youth pastor, and I let them know if that youth group fell apart, when I stepped out of the scene, out of the picture, and I moved on to Augusta Assembly of God, and if it fell apart, then it was built on me. And I wanted to make sure it was built on the right foundation. I wanted to be sure of it. I did everything I could to make sure that the transition was smooth from me to the next youth pastor. I've known people involved in ministries that don't do it that way. They hide stuff. We took, and I could go into a lot more of that, but you know what? I wanted to make sure the next youth pastor had it easier than what I did. I wanted to be certain of it. And so, you know, we came, we came here, and, 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 and we never, it never would have allowed it to become a pity party. Circumstances happened. We never sat around and, and, and moaned and groaned because you know why? It was time for us to move on. We couldn't change the past. 
Like Paul's telling them there, you know, I, I, can't, I can't be involved in the past. It's gone. It's over. Now I've got to look ahead. I've got to move on. Sometimes it's just like that in life. Sometimes that's like that with a church. I, you know, I, I can't, I have an idea who came up with Safe Haven, but I've always liked it because I wanted it to represent what we stood for. This was to be a place that if you're hurting, you're safe here. Now, we're not going to cover your sin. We're not going to justify that. You know, if you're living in, in some kind of sin, we're not, we're not going to promote that. We're not going to. But, you know, if you're hurting, you need a place to belong. You need a place where you can feel loved. You can feel wanted. You can come in here and relax. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes I'm going to step on your toes if you need it. But you can find safety. You can grow here spiritually. You can find all of those things or more. You can find fellowship. That's why we wanted to be Safe Haven Tabernacle. And one by one, when you all joined us, you know, at first it was going to be us and the Hughes. Hey, you know, we'll get together. We'll support a missionary. We'll do a devotional. We'll have church. And little by little, uh, Brother and Sister Smith came and Joel and Cassandra came and different ones just you've filtered in and you've added to us and we begin to grow. And now you're part of us. We claim you. You belong here. You belong. In the, and you know what? We have to let go of the past because sometimes we just needed a fresh start. We just needed a fresh start, a new start. I can't go around bogged down by the past. I can't. I was hurt too, folks. I was. I remember Brother Hughes making a statement on the phone. We talked all a lot on the phone in those days. I wish I'd have kept a journal. I wish I'd have kept things written down. You know, I, I, uh, and but I didn't. I mean, very few things I took notes on. But I remember him saying, "said Brother Jeffries, they don't like me," but he said they really don't like you. <laughs> it was a hard spot to be in, folks. It was hard. But we made it a point we weren't going to sit around and lick our wounds. We were going on. We had to move on. We had to move on. And so, you know, sometimes you have to build a bridge and get over it, right? That's what we're going to build something together. Sometimes we've got to build a bridge and I've got to go on and let's build something together. Uh, you know, so let's build a ministry. Let's build a church like a bridge so we can move on. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes I need a bridge because I just can't get around it. Sometimes I need a bridge because I can't get under it. I got to build a bridge so I can get over it. And so now, I, I, I'm proud of every one of you that call the Safe Haven Tabernacle your, your church home because we need you. You add something to this church. You've got talents. You've got abilities that we can use for the kingdom of God. You've got talents and abilities that we can reach this community for Christ. We can do something, but it takes all of us. I'm old. I can't do it all. Right, Brother Hughes? We're old. I no longer have the energy I used to have. I can't do it all. 
We need you. You're a part of this. Let's build a ministry together. Let's do it together. I don't want to do it all by myself. I need help. I need your help. I want you to feel like you've got a part in this. You know, some, sometimes to build something, you got to have the right material. You have got to have the right material. I, my, my grandson come up with this idea about building these shelves. And, we, and, and Zachary and I, we worked on these shelves, and the very first one, and Zachary, turned out great. It, it, just, it, it just turned out everything like what we'd seen on the Internet. It turned out great. It worked everything. It just, it just, I, I can't give everything away, but, you know, I mean, just the design of it, it worked. And you know what? Then, then somebody had seen it and said, hey, I'd like to have one. And we thought, well, this would be, we've already done it once. But for some reason, I got the material wrong. I started buying cheaper junk. Instead of good lumber, I thought, well, we could get by with skimping a little bit like that. You know what? The next shelves we put, we fought trying to get them right, trying to get things lined up right. It just didn't work. We were frustrated, weren't we, Zachary? I mean, it was just, it, we just thought, oh, you know, once we got two, one or two under our belt, man, we're good at this mass production. I'm seeing grandfather and grandson into business together. We're going to mass produce these things. We'll sell them at the Burlington Apple Harvest, man. But the next ones, it was work. We didn't enjoy it. They just, and the last one, I never even got the last one built because we didn't build with the right materials. You know, some, you've got to build with the right materials. If we're going to build a ministry, we're going to build a church, and we're going to see Safe Haven Tabernacle grow, it's got to be based on the Word of God, folks. It's got to. And you know, I've got to be, I've got to preach the truth, no matter how much it hurts. Sometimes you're not going to like it. I've got a responsibility to preach the truth. I've got to. Even though it means I'm going to preach something and I know it's going to step right on your toes. And you know something? It's because you need it. Come on. I know we're not all perfect. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I need it. And you know something? I want our speakers to be able to preach the truth. And let me tell you something. If we have a guest speaker here like this revival next week, and they come and they step on your toes, don't you leave here saying, Brother Jeffrey's filled him in on everything that's going on in our church. Uh-uh. I don't do that. We fellowshiped with Brother and Sister Pettit. But you know what? I didn't, I didn't, in, over dinner on, on Friday and Saturday nights, I didn't fill him in on everything going on in our church and if he came down to where you're living, it's because the Holy Spirit led him. And I do that with, and I know it was a mission service, but I'm telling you, we have guest speakers here. I do not take the time to take them out or call them ahead of time and tell them, this is what, I'm facing the storm and everything, so I give him some ideas to what to preach on. If he does come down where you're living, it's because God spoke to him. You take it as a message from God because Brother Jeffries did not fill him in. And you know something with this? We've got to preach from the King James Version. We're not going to stray from that as long as I'm the pastor. 
It's going to be the King James Version. I know I've heard the things. Oh, but some of the other ones are so much easier to understand, so much easier to read. Stay with the King James Version. It's the most accurate version out there. I've got some of the others. I can use them as a commentary or see what somebody else is writing, maybe their idea about that. But we're going to stick with the King James Version. And you know something here, we got to preach the truth. And also, I got to preach holiness, folks. We're a holiness church. We're a Pentecostal church, but we still believe in holiness. You know why? Because you need it. We are a holiness church. I appreciate those of you taking a stand for holiness. And now it's a, we're, we got a battle in this day. And people are fighting it. You know, I, I, I can't make you. But you're going to hear it because it's in the Word of God. It's what sets us apart from the world. He said, come out from among them and be separate. We live in a day when so many churches want to be like the world. And you can't tell the difference. I am man, I, I'm glad you're in different stages of growth. That helps. You've got to keep growing. You've got to grow in holiness, walk in holiness. You've got to exercise holiness in your life. But you need it. Search the Word of God. It's there. It is there. And so we need to be preaching holiness. We need the Word of God. So we're building with the right materials. Next one is we need prayer and we need worship. I want to make sure this ministry is built on prayer and built on worship. Folks, when we come together, we need to take the time that we can worship God. I try to encourage it. Raise your hands. Begin to worship. Our young people need to see old-time Pentecost. But it's going to start with us adults, and I can't just do it all on my own. They need to see you worshiping. I know it's been a difficult week for you. I understand that, and the news is bad or whatever. But if you just begin to worship Him, you'd be amazed at what God will do in your life and how much better you'll feel when you leave. I know there's times. I come on Wednesday nights, and I'm tired. I'm up all day. I'm on my feet. I'm on the go all day long. But it's amazing how much better I feel when church is, when we're done. When 8 o'clock comes around, or I get up here and I begin the Bible study or whatever, it's amazing how much different I feel. I understand I've come to church where I've had a headache or I've hurt someplace. And I, you know, begin to think, begin to worship God. It'll help. Take off that garment of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. And you'll be amazed at what God can do. And we've got to continue to have altar services. That's where we meet God. It's up to the preacher to proclaim the word of God, to interpret the word of God. But we come at the altar, and that's where we apply the word of God to our lives. We can't neglect the altar, folks. We can't neglect prayer. We can't neglect it. That's what's going to bring souls in. That's what's going to help you is if we spend time in prayer. you got to do it at home. In your secret place, you've got to do it at home. You've got to do it in your private life. You've got to do it in the house of God. We need it. 
coming up. Also, I forgot to announce, we're going to have prayer meeting for the unsaved and get those papers, fill them out. And we need to come on a, Wednesday, on a Sunday night and pray for the lost. I've told you, you've got family that's unsaved. Don't stop praying for them. Don't stop. While there's breath, there's still hope. So put those names in because we need to have a prayer meeting for the unsaved. You never know what God can do in somebody's life. And you've got a group of people just sharing that same name, passing that name around so other people can pray over them. And we need to be built on prayer and worship. I want people to come in and they, they feel the presence of God in this place. I'd like people to feel the presence of God from right out there in our parking lot. I'd like the, the presence of God to be over this place. And, you know, wouldn't it be something to be able to see people just almost running to the altars again? You know what's happened? We don't need a new program. We don't need some kind of new gimmick. We just need the power of God again. And we're going to get that through prayer and worship folks. We are Pentecostal, and I'm not ashamed of it. We need old-time Pentecost in our churches again. Come on. We need it. We need it. So we need to begin to, we need a, we need a place to pray, worship. You know, most of you got keys to this place. Come in here and, come in here and pray. I love praying in this. I, I, I love it. I just feel so much closer to God when I'm here and I pray than I do at home. I pray at home. I pray in my basement, but there's something about being here. You know, you got a key. I'm not going to stop you from coming in here and pray. Make sure the door is locked when you leave, but, you know, and the lights are turned off. But, uh, you know, I, it's a good place to pray. We need to be built on prayer and worship. Another thing, we need to be built on fellowship. We need, you need the fellowship of the saints. I, I, we need fellowship among ourselves. I enjoy those times of fellowship coming up on our packing party. We have fellowship out at Brookdale Farms. We can have fellowship and just enjoy being together. You know, so many of you, we're closer to than our own family. You are family to us. And we need the fellowship of other believers. We need it, folks. We need it. That was one of the characteristics of the early church is that they broke bread together. They went house to house and they broke bread together. We need fellowship. But not only do we need fellowship around uh, amongst ourselves, we need fellowship with other churches. You know what that does? It lets you know we're not the only ones preaching this way or living this way. There are others that believe just like we do. I enjoyed the fellowship with Brother Hawk's church, and, and we fellowship some with uh, Brother uh, Jacob Hill's church and different ones, and I enjoy that fellowship because it does. It lets you know we're not the only crazy people. You know, there's other crazy people just like us, and we need that fellowship. It's not just us. We're not going to just isolate ourselves. We need fellowship. Next one we need is accountability. We need accountability. I, I, I would have really liked to had brother and sister Metzger. I just couldn't see. But it'd be our responsibility to pay for plane tickets and stuff. We're trying to get this building paid for. And 
Last time that they were here years ago, Brother Hughes and I sat down and we found a place that was was private. We couldn't be bothered, and and I laid everything out. I wanted I wanted Brother Metzger to see everything. I wanted him to know what our bank accounts, what we were doing. I wanted him to look at see everything we're doing, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Why? Because I want accountability. I don't want to just be on the East Coast just doing my own thing. I want somebody to promote. I want to promote somebody that you could go to. When Brother Jeffries gets out of line, doesn't mean you run to him and complain, you know, because you don't like the way I wear my hair or what color tie I had on this morning. Not of that foolishness. But if I if I get out at the point where I, I'm really out of line as far as the Word of God, I want there to be somebody that I'm accountable to. If I, I drop over dead, I want somebody that could come in here and direct you in, in finding another pastor. And so I need accountability for my actions wherever I go. And you know something? I've been trying to be a good representative of Safe Haven Tabernacle even if it means at the oil company. This church had a bad reputation before Safe Haven Tabernacle came. You know, under a different man, under the different congregation and everything, the man had to literally be here with a check in hand before they'd even fill the oil tank. And we let them know there's a new sheriff in town that's not going to do business that way. We're going to make sure Safe Haven Tabernacle is honest in our business dealings. And our bills are paid every month. And it's done right. We need accountability. I want to make sure we have a good name in this community. I do. And folks, it may take us a while, but the name's getting out. You think they don't sit up and take notice when we have a parking lot that looks like a flea market and everything's free? We got people asking when our Love Your Neighbor Day is. We got people that want to come to our live nativity. It's because they're sitting up and taking notice, folks. But it makes me realize I want to make sure I have a good name. I want to make sure I'm accountable to somebody. I'm accountable to this board. I want to make sure I don't ever bring any embarrassment on the name of God, the name of Christ, or the name of Safe Haven Tabernacle. Come on. I want to make sure we're financially accountable. I want to make sure of it. I want to make sure another thing, it's got to be built on honesty and integrity. You know that? Not only financial and all that personal accountability, financial accountability, I want to make sure that this ministry is above reproach in every way. In every way. I want to make sure there's no shadow of doubt or anything on the ministry that goes on here. Everything's honest and above board. You know something? That means that you don't need to know everything that's going on in everybody's life. That means you're not going to know. I'm privileged to information because sometimes it's necessary, but that doesn't mean you need to know everything. That means my wife doesn't need to know everything. And she's trained in that. You come to me and you confide in me. I don't run home and tell Sister Jeffries. She could tell you there's times that when, when, when there was somebody in the church that was expecting, and I didn't even tell. She said, did you know that? And I said, yeah, I already knew that. 
why didn't you tell me? I said, you figured you figured it out in nine months anyhow, so why would I have to take? But I just wanted her to realize I wasn't going to tell her everything. And I got her in the habit of realizing she's not going to know everything. But you know, something we need it built on honesty and integrity. So you can have, you can know when you come to Safe Haven Tabernacle in this ministry that things are above board. You don't know everything that goes on. You're not going to know every counseling session or everybody that I meet with. You're not going to know all those things because you don't need to know. But at the same time, we're built on honesty and integrity. Everything above reproach. Not every ministry is like that, folks. Not every television ministry is like that. You know, I want to be able to open our financial books and it's built, everything's on honesty and integrity. Come on. Let me, let me close with this thought and then we'll come around the altar. Uh, when it comes to the story about Nehemiah, Nehemiah and the Israelites were taken captive into Babylon and Nehemiah carried with them a burden. Jerusalem, and the walls had been torn down. And that's where I got this idea from, is because about Nehemiah. Nehemiah went to the king. He was the king's cupbearer. And, and you know, you didn't ever look sad before the king. And the, the king you know, he, he just was so burdened for Jerusalem. Jerusalem, their home had been torn down, had been burned, and all. It was just in ruins. But he came before the king, and the king asked him, Nehemiah, what's wrong? And he began to share his burden, and he got the blessing of the king from Babylon, and he went back to Jerusalem and began to build the walls. But you know something? Jeremiah couldn't do it alone. He needed help. He needed help. It wasn't about Jeremiah. The book bears Jeremiah's name. But the whole idea was Jeremiah was not going to build the walls alone. He needed help. You know something? I, I can't build Safe Haven Tabernacle alone. I need your help. I need each and every individual to commit themselves and say, you know what? That's a ministry I believe in. I think it's exciting. I think they got a lot of good things that are happening. It's not in new programs, but I know I can go there and I can feel the presence of God. I know they're trying the best they can in their ministry as above reproach. I know Brother Jeffries is not perfect. I'm human too but he's trying the best that he can. You know, I may not be the best preacher that you ever hear preach. I hope I've been the, la the best one you've heard for the last half hour. I hope you're not listening to something else at the same time. You know, I may not be the most exciting, the most acrobatic and jump and, and, and run the aisles while I'm preaching and all of those things, but I hope I've been the best you've heard for the last few minutes at least. I hope when you come here, you're being, you're being fed. I hope when you, when you bring your visitors, you're not embarrassed uh, by the way your pastor acts or anything. I, I hope you can be able to say, I can, I can bring my visitors here and they're made to feel welcome and they can feel the presence of God. But you know, at the same time that Nehemiah is trying to build the walls, he faced opposition. Faced opposition. That's the way the devil works, folks. That's the way the devil works. I've found out not everybody's been in favor of Safe Haven Tabernacle. I've had my share of criticism. 
I've had my share of over why we bought a building. And, and you know what? I, I, I would like to see the guy that had it and just almost destroyed it. Take just take his money and leave. You know, but God blessed us with facilities that we needed and needed it desperately. At a time when things started to happen, we needed a place to worship. And I believe God blessed us. It cost us something. It wasn't free. It cost us something. And from then, I faced the opposition. I heard, why do we need another church? Why do we need this? Why is it? You know, what about the people that used to worship there? What about that? You know, and it, it, it almost gets discouraging, but you got to keep your eyes on God while you're trying to build, because there will be somebody that will try and laugh and say and make comments just like these, you know, Sam Ballant and Tobiah and, and them and saying, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Could you just imagine the sarcasm, the criticism in their voice? And what Nehemiah said, you don't have a part in this. You don't have a part. You won't have a part. You never will have a part. You're not going to share in this. And you know what? Nehemiah had it on his mind, and in his heart, there wasn't anything stopping him. You know, I need people to join with me and say, hey, I believe in this ministry, and I want to see it continue, and I'm going to do my part. You know, Cassandra, if you could, I want you to come back. I, you know, it just made me think, I, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, Brother Hughes. Can we sing that? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Let's build something.